You know, for too many Christians, I think that our, uh, our faith can kind of look like this, right? It's, it's just lazy boy Christianity. We're in our, in our nice comfy robe. We just see our faith as, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to just get some refreshment, some relaxing before I have to go into my hard life. Or, oh, I, I just want to retreat. Even church can just be like an, it's an entertainment center. I, I, I just, I just want to be taken care of. I, I just, I just want to take it easy. And, you know, maybe our time with God, I'm just going to get a nice little devotional book. Ah, Heinz feet in high places. <laughs> get my coffee, going to spend time with the Lord, maybe, maybe just get a, you know, a couple minutes in. And, and what we don't realize is as we're in this series entitled Winning the War of Our Mind is that there is a real enemy that's on the prowl consistently trying to destroy you. Look what the, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8. We talked about this last week. Be alert, right? Does this look like alert to you? <laughs> Be alert and of sober mind for your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. See that lion's mane on his head? <laughs> Looking for someone to devour, resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Uh, you've heard me say many times that the, the, the most recent surveys show that less than 50% of Christians believe there's a real devil. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us to stay. Because if you don't know there's an enemy, you don't stay alert. You don't stay a sober mind. Sober mind. You don't focus on resisting him. And then what we talked about last week, we explained this verse. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. To destroy strongholds. It goes on to say we destroy, and it's going to help us understand arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive. This is where we get this, this idea of winning the war of your mind because arguments and pretensions and lofty thoughts come into our mind and they become strongholds. So the enemy is trying to put you in strongholds. He's trying to actually put you in bondage. This is what, what one definition of a stronghold, it's any area ah, in, in which we're held in bondage in prison due to a certain way of thinking. So here you are just thinking, I'm going to live my comfortable Christianity. And the enemy comes around and just all of a sudden, he's got you. You're caught. And let me just tell you, Christian, that just your little devotional book, it's not going to get you out of it. Right? Oh, okay. Well, maybe, or, or maybe my little Christian cup of coffee I got. No, it, it's not going to break, break you free from the stronghold. Comfort Christianity is not going to win the war for your mind. Today we're talking about shattering strongholds. And I need you to know that God is giving you weapons so that you can shatter the strongholds that the enemy brings against all of us. And let me go back to last week. We talked about one of the greatest ways to fight the battle for the mind is to put on Christ. The scripture says that you have the mind of Christ. But far too few Christians actually access that and appropriate that. And so we are called to 
put on Christ. It's time to stand up, right? And it's time to say, I, I'm getting out. Thank you. It, 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 it's time to just take off this lazy comfort Christianity and to call out, Jesus, I need you. You got to come and clothe me. Clothe me in your righteousness. You got to come because here's what scripture says. Zephaniah 3.17, he's not just the Prince of Peace. He's not just the Comforter. The Bible says that, that he is a mighty warrior. That's what it says in Zephaniah 3.18. He's a mighty warrior. It says in Revelation 19 that he is the commander of the hosts of the army, that he's riding forth victoriously. And so putting on Christ is actually learn, learning to become a soldier. Guys, we're in a war. So it's time to become a soldier. And we're the, 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 the little, you know, my, just sitting in my lazy boy watching a YouTube is not going to cut off the stronghold. And my little devotional book might not cut off the stronghold. That The Bible says that we've been given weapons. What, what are the weapons? Well, first of all, we're supposed to actually clothe ourselves like a warrior. And it says put on a helmet of salvation, a breastplate of righteousness, a shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, which is... The word of God. I need something sharp. I need, right? When, when he clothes you with Christ, Christ has weapons. This is sharp. Look at what, what Hebrews 4 says about the word of God. It says it's living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. So let me explain the stronghold. One of your strongholds might be fear. And that fear holds you back. If, it, you know, if you're like, hey, I, I can't get on a plane. I don't fly because of fear. Well, that's actually controlling your life. Do you know that you don't have to live that way? Right? Or, or another, uh, another stronghold might be lust. Man, I'm just bombarded with, with lustful thoughts. Do you know that you don't have to say, well, that's just every man's battle. I'm just going to live that way. No, the, the Bible says that you can have a mind fixed on what is true, noble, right, lovely, admirable, trustworthy, right? Uh, the we don't have to live in this lustful stronghold. And, and, and so we start getting bombarded. Maybe we're, we're getting bombarded by rejection. And you say, you pull out the word of God, you start getting in your mind, you go, no, I'm not rejected. I'm not hated. No, the Bible says in 1 Peter that I'm a, I'm a chosen people. I'm a, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm God's special possession. Right? You've defeated the stronghold with the word of God. And the Bible says, resist Satan and he'll flee from you. Right? But believer, it's time for us to start using weapons to demolish strongholds. Amen? And I'm excited to start talking about this today because it's time for you to start getting free. Number one, the Word of God, if you're taking notes today, the Word of God is a weapon for shattering strongholds. Let's jump into a story today because it's not just, uh, you know, you're not, we, we get in situations and these situations bring strongholds into our mind. As we're living life, there's actually challenges we encounter and if the challenge wasn't enough, then it's the mental battle we fight in them. So I want to take you into about the worst situation you could be in. As I look across this room, I, I see many of you that are dealing with wars for your mind. You're in challenging situations. Here's the great news. None of you are as 
in a challenge situation is what I'm going to read today. I can promise you this is worse than what anyone's going through. We're going to read about Paul and Silas today in Acts 16. If you want to turn there with me, Acts 16, it says this, once when they were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. So here's the deal. Paul and Silas are in a different country. They're on a mission, but they're going to spend time in prayer. But as they're going in prayer, there's this female slave, and she actually has a demonic spirit, and that demonic spirit lets her be a fortune teller. Can I just pause for a minute and say, never see a fortune teller? That's, that's a demonic spirit. There's the prophetic where God reveals from, from his word and from his mind, but don't ever go see a fortune teller. Don't ever call a psychic hotline. That's just demon-infused. And so that's what, this, that's what they encounter is someone who has a demonic spirit that lets them tell the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. It's crazy. The demon knows the truth. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed. Now, I'd love to just preach a whole sermon on that, on my justification on being annoyed. Here's a great man of God who's annoyed. It's beside the point. Finally, he became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. This is awesome. At that moment, the spirit left. Can I tell you that we have power over demonic spirits? Some of you, you know you're being afflicted by demonic spirits. We're gonna help you get free. We have power over every demonic spirit. That's why we have Freedom Day. That's one of the things we do at Freedom Day. Highly encourage you to come to that. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you come out of her. At that, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope for making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. These are bad dudes. They don't give a rip about this young woman. They just want to make money off the demonic and so once they realize we're not going to make money off this anymore, they seize Paul and Silas and they bring them before the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. So they just create this ruse to get Paul and Silas in trouble. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. This is awful. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped. This is why I'm telling you, this is worse than anyone's gone through. I don't think any of you got brought before a crowd of thousands and then stripped naked this week. Okay, and then watch, and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, so they're beaten with rods, but then what is flogged? Flog, flogging is taking a whip with nine tails, and it's actually, and it has glass and metal and nails, and starting to disgorge your back until it rips open and blood's coming down. So they've, they've been jeered, humiliated. They've been beaten. They're, they're naked, and now they've been flogged. This is as bad as it gets, and if that's not bad enough, then they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. So now they're not just even thrown in prison, flogged, they're bleeding, they're beat up. And now their, their ankles and their wrists are in stocks. This is as bad as it gets. And I'm sure they're thinking this is the end. Because last time they saw one of their friends in jail, it was James and he was beheaded. So this is a low 
moment. Here's what I want to explain to you. The challenges in our lives, they're, they're these, these ones that come, and then the, the challenging part is they bring mental strongholds. Like, you're like, this is bad enough as it is. These guys are actually in a physical stronghold. The challenging thing is all the thoughts we also deal with as we're in them. So let me walk through some of them because some of you are in these today. They can be situ it's situationally brought on strongholds. So this, this situation, this is not a, a situation that just makes you go, oh, I want to go spend time with Jesus. Right? They, are, they are beat up and they are in a prison. Sometimes we think, okay, if I'm going to be a person of God, then I just need everything in place. I need my nice little desk, my cup of coffee. No, this is, this is the roughest situation you can be in. Some of you guys are in a rough situation. You're like, man, I, 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 would, I would pray, but man, I, I just have to work all the time right now. I can't get, I can't get out of work. Or, or man, I, I would love to love Jesus, but I have a baby. And so I, I, I'm, just, I'm owned by my, this little baby. Or, you know, I, I, would, I would love to be a person of God, but right now I have this horrible job that I just can't, you know, I'll, maybe later situations feel like they own us. Number two, physically. Physically. Okay, there, there are times when what we're going through physically, just we, we, we feel trapped, right? Uh, per, perhaps it's, it's a, a pain in your body. Perhaps it's cancer. Perhaps it's a physical situation where you're confined to, and you're just thinking, I, I can't walk with God. I, actually, I can't make it through this physical situation. Emotionally, emotionally, right? Wow, I, my heart's just hurting. I'm so sad in this moment. I'm, I'm just dealing with all this grief Right now, it's owning me. I, just, I, I feel like a slave to my emotions right now, relationally. This was, this was a horrible time. These guys are all alone in prison, and then the people that are around them are, are hardened criminals and then guards, and they've just been beaten up by them. This is a horrible time relationally, and sometimes we just think, well, my life is just ruined. My, I, I'm just doomed. For, everything's going to be horrible from now on because I just look at the relationships, and they're awful around me spiritually, spiritually. Uh, one of the hardest things is when you're thinking, God, I, I was trying to do your business. I was trying to, trying to do your work. I was talking to my, my friend the other day, and he said, one of the hardest times in my life is I was following God with all my heart, and, and then instead of being blessed, things got worse. And you're like, God, that's not the equation, right? It's like, A, I follow God, then plus B means God's blessing equals C, I live in contentment and joy all the days of my life. And they're like, A, I was following God, I was fulfilling the Great Commission, B, people hated me, I got stripped naked, flogged, and I'm in jail, equals C, misery, trapped in a stronghold. And, and, and then you're thinking like, you're angry at God. God, you totally let me down. H have you ever been angry at God? Felt hurt by him? I mean, th this was one of the hardest things, just to be quite honest, last, last fall for me. You know, we're going through this process of trying to build this building on this piece of land that we own. And, it's, and we've really been opposed by people that hate us. And, and that's okay. Like, I expect that. That's in the Bible. But... What this group has done is they continually try to, try to bring up things and they, and they, they try to um, um, 
make up issues and say, well, you're, you guys are doing this, or you guys are doing this, and they're always calling the newspaper, and they're, they're calling the, the TV stations and saying, so you need to interview them because certainly they're doing something wrong. So they, they send a reporter, and I get all our leaders in the church. I'm like, guys, pray for me. This is our chance to, to, to represent Jesus. This is our, our chance. Pray, pray that I just shine with the love of Jesus. Pray that I'd, I'd, I'd represent him so well. And so we're doing the interview and I'm thinking like, I'm feeling the presence of God. I'm thinking, this is going great. And, and they don't try to spring any crazy questions and I'm just talking about the Lord and I'm excited and I'm happy and I'm joyful. And I get done and, and I, tell, I tell my team, the, the team that's helping me, oh, it went great. And then they put on the report. And I answer all the different things, but what I didn't know was that there was one moment in the interview where I didn't understand what the reporter said. So I looked forward and went, huh? Like this, this face, like what? And that is what the the news station froze on. So I'm like, yeah, and we love God, and we just want to bless people. And it just froze. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, and then I got angry because I was like, God, I had a hundred people praying for me. And God, I wanted to, re- I'm, I'm, I'm your boy. And I was representing you. And, and this made me look bad. And this is going to hurt the hundred intercessors of like, did you not stand up for us? And this is going to make Christianity look bad in the city. What the heck? I was angry. Have you ever been angry? And then you get angry at yourself. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm angry at God. This is not good. Like, I, that was a low place. And, and, and I'm sure at times that Paul was like, Lord, what the heck? Like, I'm your boy. I'm out sharing the God. I, I'm writing the Bible <laughs> for crying out loud. And now I'm in prison and I just got beat up and I'm in pain and I'm hurting. Like, those are low times. Let me just tell you that, that we get in these kind of times. The enemy has his own tools. This is why I'm so into you using weapons because the enemy has weapons. The enemy's gonna bring, let me show you some of the weapons I see that he brings, some of the tools he uses to put you in a stronghold. Number one, opposition or persecution. Uh, It's not just gonna happen to me as a believer. Yeah, it might happen to me on on TV, but it's going to happen to you in your jobs. It's going to happen to you in your neighborhood. It's going to happen to you in your family where people are going to oppose you. And when people oppose you, the worst part is in your mind, you start thinking, well, maybe I'm not doing something right. Or maybe I'm not, maybe, or or I just want to stop. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to back off of representing Jesus so I don't rock the boat. And you start getting these strongholds or you start believing it. Yeah, people are like, well, we don't like you or who are you? You're holier than thou. And all of a sudden you start listening to those lies and start believing a false identity about yourself. That's one of the enemy's ploys. Number two, humiliation. Humiliation, right? These guys, they were stripped naked. Yeah, here, here they are serving the Lord. And the next thing they know, they're like standing naked in front of thousands of people. This happens to all believers that we end up in times where we're humiliated. Paul would say, man, I, I'm the weakest of all. I'm, I'm like the scum. I'm seen as the scum of the earth. When you feel humiliated, know that you're in good company. They stripped Jesus down. They mocked Jesus. They will mock you, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And it's at that time that you learn your true identity. That when everything else is stripped away, that's when you have to know, who am I really? Affliction, 
Number three, affliction. They were beat. They were severely flogged. The enemy will use physical affliction. I remember laying in a hospital bed. My heart, when my heart problem almost killed me and just going, certainly God's deserted me. I don't even feel good enough to pray. I can't even connect with him. Like there's times where you're physically afflicted. And at those times, it's that the temptation is to believe the enemy's winning or God has deserted you. But you got to remember, Jesus was afflicted. Jesus was afflicted on the cross. But without the cross, you don't have the resurrection. Jesus was afflicted to the, to the place of grief to where he was shedding blood when he was on his knees praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. But remember, on the other side is glory. On the other side of affliction is always glory. You have to go through the affliction to get to glory. So don't let the enemy take you out because what we want to do is, it's so bad, I'm just going to stop walking with Jesus. Like why? It, it, that's what we saw during COVID. So many Christians, we all had Christian friends that left the faith. Why? Because they were like, it's too bad. Like, what's the point of following Jesus? Like, the world just stinks, and it's just too hard. And so I've got a great idea. I'm going to walk away from the author of life. Well, that's a great idea. All right, don't ever give in to that. And the last one is temptation. Temptation. That the enemy comes and gives you these desires to engage in sinful behavior, and sometimes we think, okay, you know what? I'm so tired of being tempted I, for, for example, for me, let me be very candid again. As a young man, the first stronghold I dealt with was the stronghold of lust. I had been exposed by numerous friends to pornography at a young age. Now, I am so sorry for you younger generation that now has to live with the accessibility to pornography on your phones. I'm, I'm so proud of this. I'll, I'll often see kids walk up and they'll show me their flip phone. And they're not trying to be trendy. They're trying to be pure. Can I just tell you, there's a way to be free. There's always a way. Uh, some people say, well, that's just every man's battle. Can I tell you, you can get free. My, my mind was plagued with lustful thoughts. I had these porn pornographic images that were seared and different friends would expose me to their parents' magazines. Some exposed me to videos. And it was awful because I was trying to walk with God. And I'd be walking across my college campus and all of a sudden, boom, a pornographic image would flash into my mind. I'm like, I don't want that there. I was just going out about my own business. And what I learned is, oh, no, I've got to take the weapon of the word to fight against temptation. That's the only thing that is going to work. And so that, so sometimes people go, Robert, you have so many scriptures memorized. I'm like, it's, it's not out of discipline. It's out of desperation. Can I just say that again? It's not because I'm so disciplined. It's because I'm so desperate. So that's why I memorized Colossians 3. So all of a sudden, that pornographic image is hitting my brain or temptation, and I start going, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your heart on the things of above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Amen. Two things can't occupy your mind at the same time. So you actually memorize Scripture Okay, that's why we're having this equipping class after the third service in the North Annex. We're, we're, uh, uh, we're being taught, Jeff and Lori Ballantyne are teaching us how to renew our mind through the word. So if you're really dealing with mental temptation, I highly encourage you, join that class. But at the least, start knowing that if I memorize scripture and I speak it out, it starts cutting through the bondage of mental temptation. How did they overcome? They're actually trapped in a stronghold. Like they're actually in a physical, sometimes 
It's like we are completely trapped in a cell of, of, of a stronghold. Like it, it's so bad that it starts affecting your, affecting your life. Like I've, I've heard about people that, and they're Christians that are so fearful. They're like, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't drive on the highway because of fear. Can I tell you, then you're cowering to a stronghold, you're, right? If, you, if there's a place you don't go to, or, or at times we'll do like a big mission trip to Mexico and some people will go, well, I just, I just don't go into Mexico. It's too dangerous. So I'm like, okay, so you don't live out the great commission of going to all nations and make disciples. And if 400 of us can go and do this, like certainly, are you following me? Like we live in these strongholds that the enemy's built so that we actually don't do the will of God. So, so, so the enemy comes, Satan actually comes, and he builds a wall around us. And you're like, I, I actually can't get free. Come on in, Satan. Some of us actually do this. Come on in, Satan. Build a wall around me, right? And, and, and so you're thinking, okay, I, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use, use my tool to get, to get free from this because I, I've done this before. Right, I, I, I had some nagging thoughts, and so I used my tool, and so I'm going to get free. And so you're thinking, okay, okay. Now, one thing you could just you could just live here. Many of us just live in these rooms that are built around us, or you can say, well, I'm I'm going to try to fight it. And so you're cutting, but look, it's it's not getting anywhere. Wait, wait a second. Okay, well then maybe I should just give up. Right? It, it just didn't work. Just using, you know, quoting the word, it just didn't work. I just, I, I'm still in bondage. Guys, that's why the scripture says the weapons, the weapons, you didn't need a different weapon. God has given us numerous weapons. And so what did, what did Paul and Silas do? It says this, and at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. So they actually are using the weapons of prayer and of singing, right? And it's midnight. I think they had been in there for hours. And I know that they didn't feel like it. Like I know that they, I mean, if anyone deserved to just curl up into a ball, it was Paul and Silas. But instead you see them using weapons. So what do you do? Jesus, come and help me. Help me fight with more weapons, okay? And so Jesus shows up. Thank you very much. Okay, gives me some new lenses to see through. Okay, all of a sudden, I'm a builder, right? I'm gonna actually take some ground. Ooh, that's, that's a lot bigger. That's, that's a lot bigger. So what do you do? You're, you're, you're all, all of a sudden, you have a, a, a new stronghold in front of you. You're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try singing, right? I speak Jesus, your name is power. And, and, and sometimes it takes a little while to really get in. Your name is healing. Your, so, sometimes we think, sing, oh, singing is just like the fun thing we do. It's just the fun thing we do to warm up for the message. No, I want to tell you, worship is warfare. Worship. And so, guys, when you're at your lowest, it's time, it is time to press in. And, and, and you actually, your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Ah, break through the stronghold. Thank you. 
It's, it's, it's time to start swinging the weapons and start shattering the strongholds. Because I want to tell you, the Bible says no temptation has befalled you that's not common to man, and he will give you a way out. Greater is he that's in you, Christian, than he that's in the world. You have power, the Bible says, to demolish strongholds. So people say, no, it's just every man's battle. Guys, I felt addicted in my mind to lustful thoughts. But I started using the weapons of warfare. I haven't looked at pornography in 28 years. And it's not because Robert's so, so powerful. No, I'm desperate. I just know I need to use the weapons that Jesus gives. I'm not strong enough in my own flesh. It's time to clothe yourself in Christ and pick up the weapons that he says to fight with because they are powerful to shatter strongholds. So watch what happens. This is so amazing. So it says they start singing, right? They start praying and singing. And then it says this, suddenly... Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake. Okay, this is the opposite of comfort Christianity, right? You, 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 you don't get free by being a Christian that just lays back and gets entertained. You never take a lazy boy onto the front lines of a battle. You'll never see them there, right? What do you do? The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the spiritually violent will lay hold of it. That's what the scripture says. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the forceful will lay hold of it. So suddenly a violent earthquake comes and it says this, first of all, that it, the foundations of the prison were shaken. Let's put this diagram up here. What, what are the foundations that you're, I drew this. Uh, I just want to take credit for this. Um, what's the foundation that you're standing on? For many of us, we stand, we're standing on the foundations. They're faulty foundations. They're actually faulty foundations. Well, everything bad just happens to my family. Well, nothing good. Oh, yeah, Murphy's Law. Everything eventually is going to fall apart, right? No, that's why we use the weapons of Scripture that teach us about the goodness of God. And so when you start worshiping, you start using the word of God, you start praying, you start getting rooted in the foundation of the goodness of God, and you're standing on his goodness. That you know in all things God works for good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes, Romans 8, 28. So you gotta shake those foundations that you're even standing on. Secondly, it says this, at once all the prison doors flew open. I, I was demonstrating this. So oftentimes we live in these cells. We live in a cell of fear that limit us from actually, some of you aren't living out your calling because of fear. Well, I feel called to do this, but if I did this, then I'd have to move to this country. Or if I did this, I'd have to take a different job and it wouldn't make as much money. Or if I did this, it might mean, you know, oh, what, what, what could happen to my kids? And, 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 and so you live entrapped in a prison room, let's put this diagram back up, you're living in a prison 
in a, a room, a stronghold of a mindset that limits you from going on the journey with God. But when you start fighting with the word of God and with prayer and with worship, what happens? Boom, the doors open up and all of a sudden you get to be catapulted into your destiny. And you even start smiling a little more. Look at this last one. It says this, and everyone's chains came loose. Uh, These chains are these nagging thoughts that you're just always getting over and over again, well, you're not good enough, or you'll always struggle with this, or you're just a loser, these, these nagging thoughts. The enemy, his main warfare, let me just say that again, his main warfare is accusation. He's known as the accuser of the brothers. He's known as the accuser. And so those nagging thoughts, you don't have to live with them, but you don't, you, you, you don't get free by just going and watching a YouTube video. You start getting attacked, well, okay, I'm just going to go, you know, veg out on TikTok, right? That, that's not how we, how we get free. The Bible says, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you start waging war, and what happens? Boom, the chains break off of you. But here's the thing about you getting free is that when you get free, other people around you get free. I got a whole grip load of men in this church that don't struggle with pornography at all because they've seen someone who's completely free. Are you following me? So your freedom leads to the freedom of others, leads to the freedom of others. The chains are broken. Let's finish this chapter. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. I love that Paul didn't have to run out of fear. He was so confident in the power of God. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house, set a meal before them, and was filled with joy because he came to believe in God, he and his whole household. What does this tell me? I I, I hate that we have to fight battles. I hate, I hate that we have to fight battles, okay? But I love that battles make us more desperate for God. And when you get more desperate for God, God comes. The Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And when God comes in power, he breaks the chains. He opens the doors. And when people see that, it affects them and they get changed. And then people see that and they look and they say, oh, this isn't just couch, comfy, lazy boy Christianity. This is the real deal. I want what you have. And it leads to the salvation of many. Your freedom leads to the freedom of others, which leads to the salvation of many. Men and women, you've been given power to shatter strongholds. So let's pick up these weapons that God's given us and start swinging them. Let's stand up.